As an OBGYN and podcast host, I'm excited to share a resource that empowers mothers and mothers-to-be in managing their pelvic floor and core health. It's called Informed Pregnancy Plus, and it offers access to essential workshops that can significantly enhance your understanding and care of your body during and after pregnancy. Discover the Core Connection, a foundational five-episode series by Natalie Headings, a pre-postnatal exercise specialist. This series covers the basics of pelvic floor health, teaches key postural adjustments, and shows you how to activate your core properly. For a more comprehensive experience, check out Mindful Movement. This premium series provides in-depth content, including practical exercises and personalized strategies to strengthen your body. It's like having a pelvic health expert in your home. You can try the full subscription streaming library of Informed Pregnancy Plus absolutely free. Visit informedpregnancy.tv to start an empowered journey toward a healthier motherhood. Take this step for your health, your body, and your baby will thank you. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. This is a really special episode for me. I have my husband on to share his story of our daughter's births. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a practicing board-certified OBGYN who's had the privilege of helping hundreds of moms bring their babies into this world. I'm here to help you be knowledgeable, prepared, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at ncrcoaching.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 81. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. 
So on this episode of the podcast, I have my husband, Falcon. Yes, Falcon, like the bird. And he is on to share his experience of our daughter's births. A while back, I had someone reach out and say, it would be great to hear a dad's perspective of a birth story. And I decided that I really wanted the first dad on my podcast to be my husband. So I kind of harassed him until he agreed to come on. And I wanted him to come on because he is such a great dad, as you will hear me say in the episode. But honestly, I was also really just kind of curious about what he would say. This isn't something that I ever feel like we've talked about in great detail, even though our girls are now 10 and 12. And I actually learned some things that I did not know after we had this conversation. So We had a great talk about what prenatal care was like from his perspective, how he felt about the transition to parenthood and preparing for it, what my labor was like for him, and why he didn't want to talk about how my C-section experience was for him. For anybody who's listened to the podcast before or followed me, you know that my first C-section was done with inadequate anesthesia. It was a bit of a traumatic experience for me. And he shares why he actually didn't want to talk about that in detail on the podcast today. Now, y'all, he was a little bit nervous to come on, but he did a great job. And I know that you are going to enjoy this episode. Now, real quick, before we get into the episode, let's do a listener shout out. The title of the review, and this was from Apple Podcast, says a boost of confidence. And it says, Dr. Rankins, thank you. As a male listener and first time father to be, this podcast has provided me a great, and that's all caps, great boost of confidence for being a supportive and knowledgeable partner for my wife as she carries our baby. Your podcast is very insightful unbiased, informative, and a great resource on questions that we had and questions we didn't know we had. We've learned so much and feel very empowered as we matriculate through this pregnancy. We've utilized the free course on creating the birth plan and successfully found an OB based on using the interview questions provided in the course. We look forward to learning more and will continue to support you and your work. God bless you, the Baxters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that really lovely review. I so appreciate it. And I love how you are so involved in getting educated and empowered as an expectant dad. I 100% encourage all partners to do exactly what he did in that regard. So you should definitely encourage your partner to listen to the podcast or go through my materials with you, whether it's my free class on how to make a birth plan that works or my signature online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. Partners should definitely take part so that they too can be empowered to really advocate for you as the birthing person. All right, so let's get into the episode with my husband, Falcon. So we have tried to do this many times and we keep laughing or cause it's just weird because we're in different rooms, but, and, and in the same house and we've never done this before. So this feels like a little bit awkward, but at any rate, I am really excited that you agreed to do this after I kind of slightly harassed you a little bit to death. Slightly. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but 
I really wanted to have the perspective of a dad on the podcast. And of course, I wanted the first dad on the podcast to be my dear, sweet, loving, wonderful husband of almost 15 years. Well, hopefully that doesn't end up being a mistake on your part, but cool, let's do this. (laughs) It will not be. It will not be. All right. So I thought we would focus on our first daughter's birth because I feel like that was the one that was a lot of things for us and a little bit of trial by fire. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we start off by having you talk about what was the experience of prenatal care like for you? Um, I mean, which aspect specifically? Because it was really just sort of me showing up for appointments with you and paying attention and, and, yeah, so I, I guess I wonder, like, how do you feel like you as a dad were treated during visits? Do you feel like you were ignored? Do you feel like you were invisible? Like, what did it feel like for you? I wouldn't say ignored um, or invisible, at least. Yeah, you know, sometimes it, it really came down to who the who the provider was, you know, who the, 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 the nurse that we were seeing, you know, in, in their particular temperament, I guess. Um, so yeah, there were certainly times where I felt sort of like secondary in the whole part. Um, but I think that's kind of understandable. You know, we, I guess we reflect a lot on like how, you know, society builds these roles for us as men and women. And, and yeah, like most people are probably generally, you know, less concerned about the father uh, or the male in the room at the time. So I guess it wasn't surprising maybe to, to feel, you know, secondary visits so kind of like accepted as sort of how you would expect but I I mean I imagine do you I I wonder do dads feel like ignore like is there something that you would have wanted differently I guess yeah I mean of course it'd be nicer nicer experience if I felt you know more engaged in it uh you know engaged by the provider um uh, but, you know, and, and the other thing too is, you know, this was, this was what, 10, 12 years ago or how yeah. old our children are. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, <laughs> 10 and 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I, I'm hopeful that attitudes have changed a, a lot in the past 10 years, but, um, yeah, we'll have to ask people after the episode what their thoughts are on yeah. how things have changed for sure. But yeah, it, it has been a while in fairness. Also in fairness, I, delivered and I, I got prenatal care at the place where I worked, you know, where yeah. I used to work. So people knew me. Yes. That probably did not help. <laughs> <laughs> so it was natural for them to kind of talk to me more than, than yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash itself. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. 
Dr. Mom is committed to providing an ultra premium formula for moms who will not settle when it comes to their little ones. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with simple quality ingredients, no artificial dyes or preservatives, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Head to amazon.com or walmart.com to grab Dr. Mom Butt Balm because nothing comes between you and your baby, especially not diaper rash. So what was the experience of me being pregnant, us being pregnant, however you want to say it, like for you? Because I know that I was pretty anxious. And you can be honest. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just no more anxious than usual. Yeah. What was the experience like for me, for you being pregnant? Um, I remember feeding you a lot, uh, trying to make sure that you had you know, a well-balanced diet and we're getting plenty of fruits and vegetables, things like that. Beyond that, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. This doesn't answer the question, but like, I, I guess in, in thinking about things for this, you know, this podcast interview, you know, just sort of reflecting on, on how much like you kind of expect having children to be this life altering thing. And it hasn't really been that way for me. Like, it just kind of feels normal, you know? So it's just kind of like this weird question of like, well, what was it like, you know, what was this particular period? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of part of, it's just another part of the 15 years that we had together, you know, like it's not, I guess I understand why it should stick out, you know, because we were bringing new lives into this world, but, you know, it just, you know, thinking back on it, it just still feels very, normal and just like almost like a typical day in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does. And I think it speaks to like your general kind of personality, but also it makes me feel like one, (laughs) did you just marry a crazy anxious person and you're just used, (laughs) you're just used to it? (laughs) Or like, because for me, it felt like, especially in the beginning, I felt, you know, looking back, I just felt really like really, really anxious. I was anxious about getting pregnant. I was, you know, like trying to get pregnant. And then when I had that bleeding episode in the very beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then once like we found out that she was going to have, you know, a problem, quote unquote, at birth, it, it, it was just so much for me. But it's interesting to me how you seem to have processed it either, you know, later or, in the moment, it just felt like something that was part and parcel for what you signed up for, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's really what it is. Like, you know, we were going to love our child regardless of what the outcome was, right? So, yeah, you know, obviously, like, the drama was was not fun. You know, um, the, the multiple <laughs> dramas throughout <laughs> that pregnancy and, and delivery, but you know, I guess like looking back on it, like it, it, it all worked out. So it's kind of hard to like, not hard, but you know, I don't really look back and have those same sorts of feelings of anxiety. You know, those aren't the parts that I hang on to, I guess. But certainly, yeah, like, yeah, it was scary at moments. Um, but it's that kind of fear where like, you don't really have an option, you know, like you, you have to keep going, you have to figure something out, you have to face what's going on. So what's the point in I don't know. No, I mean, I get what you're totally saying. And it totally speaks to how 
like I said, how you are as a person and in general, I think how you help balance me out and keep <laughs> my, my anxiousness <laughs> at bay and keep it, keep it from getting like overwhelming. You know, that's how you as a support person, you know, that's why I lean on you. Um, I'm getting a little sappy here, I guess, as, as my partner for sure and best friend for sure. But also, I, I mean, I guess I should clarify that like, you know, just because I'm sitting here and, and sort of, I, I don't want to be dismissive of this, like for other people that are going through this or even like, you know, of ourselves at the time, like, yeah, this is like scary stuff when you're in the middle of it, obviously. But yeah, this just, like I said, it, it, looking back on it, like those aren't the sorts of things that I hang on to, I right, guess. Right, right. So let's look back a little bit on some of the more drama moments, like you said. How, what was, what were your thoughts when we first found out? And I remember very clearly we were at an ultrasound and they realized that there was a potential or that something was wrong that they could see on the ultrasound. What were your thoughts about when we found out that we made, that she had this, this issue? And I should say the issue guys is duodenal atresia. Our first daughter was born with an intestinal malformation where her, the first part of her intestines weren't connected. She had to have surgery three days after she was born. And we'll talk about what that was like, but we found out during the pregnancy that there was some issue. So what was that like for you? Yeah. I mean, same sort of thing. Like, of course it's, it's a shock and it's, it's scary because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. But I, I remember talking to a friend and like, you know, just sort of confessing, like, like I'm supposed to be this child's father. Like, I can't even protect her from this. And he's just like, you're, you're, you're being stupid. Like, you know, of course you can't protect her from this. Like, this is just what's happening, you know? Um, you know, so I, I guess like, you know, talking to that friend sort of almost having this moment of feeling like, like I've already failed in my duty as a father, you know, which, you know, to stop something that was like clearly out of my control, you know? And, and so like, <sighs> Yeah. So I guess maybe once I kind of got that foolish thought out of my head. Which I didn't know that you thought, by the way, I'm guessing you didn't tell me that at the time. Today, I didn't know that you felt that way. Yeah. Well, you know, you learn something new every day. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, you know, I think maybe I probably didn't even confess it because I I think even at the time, like, you know, I, I, I realized how ridiculous that was, you know. But again, it speaks to like in the moment you have these thoughts and like, how do you deal with them? And and yeah, I think my way of finding peace of it is just like, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And if this child comes out this way or that, we're still going to love her. We're still going to take care of her. We're still going to do everything we need, you know, to the best of our ability. So, you know, you just have to keep moving forward, I guess. Yeah, I know. I felt definitely very stressful because... We had to make that decision about because because this particular malformation can be associated with um, chromosome issues and we like a particularly um, trisomy 21 or Down syndrome most often. And we had, you know, we decided to do the amniocentesis to look at the chromosomes. I felt like that was stressful and how we would have handled that. Yeah. And, and by the time we had gotten to that point, like I really like I had found peace with that, you know, so whatever the test results were going to say, like I was, that was going to be okay, you know? Okay. Okay. So <laughs> we got the diagnosis. We, you know, did the amniocentesis. Everything was good. Then I remember us meeting with the pediatric surgeon and 
after that, I kind of felt more calm about things because I felt like he was just kind of like, oh, most of these babies are born full term. They, you know, they stay, in the, they stay in the hospital for a couple days and we fix it and then they go home. Uh, do you, do you recall that at all? I don't even remember that. I, I vaguely remember going to his office. Yeah. But I, I don't remember the discussion. I don't, you know, that didn't, that doesn't stick with me. Okay. Yeah. I re- Cause that's so different than what we actually experienced. Yeah. <laughs> so before we talk about like me going into labor and her being born eight weeks early, did you feel like during the pregnancy, like you felt like you needed to do anything to prepare for your role as like being my support person or being a dad? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm I'm always kind of like about the the preparation and the stockpiling and and you know because of us we didn't have to buy toilet paper you know through the first <laughs> three months of quarantine because, we didn't have to buy toilet paper or paper towels. Right, and I still haven't, and I haven't been in a grocery store in I don't know how long because of you. So, (laughs) so yeah, uh, you know, I don't remember the specifics, but I'm sure that like I was hard at work, kind of setting things up and making sure that that we had what we needed. And I I do remember, like after after she was born, and uh, you know, my um, my fully stocked diaper bag. You know, you have always been so much better at those things than me, for sure. But yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't that I was, I don't know how to say it. Like, it, it wasn't that I had this sort of like, you're going to be a dad now, so you have to go do X, Y, and Z. You right. know, it's just, you know, this is happening. Like, we have to make sure that we're all ready for this. So what do gotcha. we need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then was there anything that you thought about, like, in terms of the actual experience of her birth? that you felt like you wanted or needed or anything, or was it just kind of like, I'm going to show up and we're going to have a baby. You know, like, no, this part I think is harder for me because I think really, you know, again, and sort of like thinking about, you know, thinking back to some of the stuff that happened, you know, as we were, you know, going back and forth and you were twisting my arm through this interview. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But just like, I, I don't have, I think, a healthy relationship with hospitals in general, um, and you know, just uh, the hospitals are not associated with positive outcomes for me. And and I think again, sort of reflecting on this and looking back on that, like that whole lead up for the hospital, I probably didn't even want to think about. Um, you know, so it wasn't. You know, I, I would never like try to imagine what the perfect ideal setup for this was, you know, like in hindsight, I was very much like from the time we showed up, it was always like, what do we have to do to get out of here as quickly as possible? Do you think that's related to your experience with your dad? Uh, yeah. You know, so it, it, not just my dad, you know, I've got multiple uncles and aunts and cousins who have, you know, gotten sick and died. And I've been at the bedside of, you know, two loved ones as they passed away, you know? So yeah, I think these things really, you know, don't give me a very rosy outlook on, on, on what hospitals are. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of like felt like, I don't want to, I'll deal with it when that comes. I'm not going to think about like how this experience should go sort of thing. Well, I think at the time it was probably much more uh, sort of avoidance kind of thing. Like I'm just not going to think about it. Um, but yeah, like again, sort of re- reflecting on it, you know, especially 10 years later, 12 years later, um, 
you know, and just kind of realizing that about myself that, yeah, I think from the, the moment that we stepped foot into a hospital, like my mind was just trying to figure out like, how do we get out here as quickly as possible? You know? Yeah, I can, I can see that for sure. All right. So let's talk about the big day. So <laughs> I will share a little bit and I've shared before in the podcast about how the experience went for me. And um, so it started out with me having contractions. And I remember being at home in the bathroom, having contractions, and then saying, hey, I think we need to go to the hospital. So what was that day like for you? Um, I was trying to detail my car, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, it was exactly a week after my birthday. Yep. Like I was still trying to celebrate my detail in my car. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, the first time that you said it was kind of yeah, it was kind of an interruption. <laughs> and and, yes, and keep in mind that I was anxious, so I would right. like little things. I would just be like, "What's going on?" Like so. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's what I was about to say. Like you, you if you're honest, like you know, sometimes that first one is just kind of you being anxious, you know, that, that first complaint is, is just you being anxious. So, so there was sort of like the, the process of trying to like figure out, you know, is this, is this real or not, you know, well, sorry, they're all real, <laughs> <You> know, but, <laughs> but is this something that we really need to, um, you know, be attentive to? And, and I, if I remember correctly, like it didn't take much to convince me to get in the car. Right? No, it didn't. It didn't. I, and I should say, I had been having contractions before that, but they weren't, they were irregular. They weren't like pain, really painful, but it was, it was clearly like very different that day. So what about the car ride to the hospital? Yeah. You know, I think I, I will admit that, uh, and I've told you this before, like mm -hmm. I was still skeptical until we got in the interstate and looked over and saw you like gripping the, the, the handle of the door, um, which is when I realized that you actually were like in you were experiencing something for real. And that's when, when I definitely started taking it more seriously. Yeah. And I'm not like a, I don't think loud, I'm going to be more like quiet about. Yes. Yeah. What I'm, if I'm in pain about something. So, yeah. So we pull up to the hospital and I knew that you thought it was serious because then you let somebody valet the car. Yeah, which, which you do, never yeah. ever ever do <laughs> you let somebody valet the car so i was like okay he's like it was this. your car so that did make <laughs> a little bit easier but yeah oh so um we get up to labor and delivery and then then you put on the show of like trying to convince everybody that everything was okay if i remember correctly <laughs> like you mean me trying to convince or like no, everybody, like oh. you and the nurses and the doctors, uh, you know, all just trying to be like, yeah, everything's fine, you know. And see, I don't remember it like that. Like you, I feel like I don't know what they were saying or, but you definitely seem to perceive like, so I was having contractions and then it was like, I got this, all, like they just kept coming. And, right. and then they did the fluid reduction, right? Uh -huh. yeah. No, yeah, you're right. So then they decided because I had guys because I had um ex the this condition called duodenal atresia where she couldn't swallow amniotic fluid. I had a ton of extra amniotic fluid. So they thought that if they maybe reduced the amount of fluid, so drained off some of the fluid, then it would help like the contraction slow down. So they drained off like 
maybe a liter of fluid somewhere around there. And then you started having more contractions. Yeah, it just kept kept going. And then um, everybody, that's when like everybody was kind of like trying to smile through it and be like, yeah, well, maybe we'll try uh, some magnesium or whatever it was, you know. And I just remember at some point like calling my mom. Uh-huh. Because you were like the go-to, the in-between to talk to the family. Yeah. And then y'all like almost trying to clown me because I was telling her that everything was going to be okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I was looking back at y'all, like y'all have been lying to me this whole time trying to act like everything's okay. So how are you, you know, like how are you? <laughs> and by y'all, you mean like, why are you including me? you like, well, you were a doctor and you included in the rest of the healthcare professionals. Yes. All of y'all were like, it's going to be fine. Right. Right. Which when obviously like it, it well, it was obvious to me that, that things were a little bit more serious than people were laying on, you know? Yeah, yeah. But again, this could also be just me and my natural suspicion of like, like I just walk into hospitals and have this expectation that something bad's going to happen. So. Gotcha. Well, you were very calm. Like I never felt like you were felt particularly worried about things, even if, even if you, you were. So I remember getting, I never felt like I was in a ton of pain, to be honest. Like it wasn't, like, I, I don't feel like I looked like I was, I mean, I knew I was hurting and I was having the contractions and I ended up getting an epidural just because they thought maybe that might slow the contractions down too, which it didn't. But I don't remember like looking or feeling in a, a lot of pain. What do you remember about how I was like? Yeah, but I mean, you, 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 you were your sort of typical you. So like, yeah, you were quiet throughout most of it. Like maybe you let on that you were having a bad contraction once. And I just remember that because like it stood out because, you know, you were so quiet the rest of the time. Gotcha. And then I do remember when my water broke and then feeling like, okay, like this is legit kind of happening. Yeah. And I think I was just like, yeah, like y'all have been paying attention to what's going on, right? Like, <laughs> like can we stop pretending now? But, right, you know. right, right. Okay, so let's talk about the C-section. Let's not talk about the C-section. No, we got to talk about the C-section. So I ended up getting to a point where her heart rate kept dropping. And they were like, well, I think at that point I was eight centimeters. And uh, they're like, well, we can try and see if you can push. If not, you know, then we need to push because she's smaller maybe she can come out with me being eight centimeters so we went to the back for the the operating room that didn't work and the decision was made to go to c-section so I've talked about how the c-section was a difficult experience for me because I could feel things that I should not have felt so what was that like for you um I mean obviously it was not fun you know uh and I don't know, you know, like I, I, I am kind of hesitant to talk about that part. Oh, why is that? A couple of reasons. And again, like I, I've been thinking about this just because that was sort of, you know, you shared the questions with me beforehand. And that was the one that I saw, saw at the top of the list is like, you know, first child's birth. And, you know, and just sort of me, it was like, I don't really, I, I don't know, like I, I'm not really like, happy to discuss that <laughs> and a couple of reasons i mean 
you know, we're, we're kind of at this moment in history where there's been a lot of, um, you know, uh, acknowledgement of, of racial pain and suffering, you know, of, of suffering and pain uh, among Black people in particular. Right. Or of just this 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 sort of acknowledgement of the inequities, you know, in, in in the society around us, and and an awakening among a lot of this country who, you know, maybe didn't recognize just how bad things are, but at the same time, like so much of that awakening is like centered on, you know, having to have these examples of black pain and trauma to, for them to process and understand things, and you know, like I think you know, that moment, like, I really see that as like a moment of like, black pain and trauma, right? You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and you don't want to share that experience of. Yeah, so, so I guess. Our I, that, very personal trauma. Right. And and that's the part that I left off, right? So, so, you know, there's, there's all this like awakening around racial injustice. And it's all like, you know, facilitated by, by certain people sort of like, you know, absorbing these stories of, of black pain, pain and trauma. And I just don't, that doesn't sit right with me, right? Like that shouldn't be the way for so many people to learn. You know, we shouldn't have to have, you know, that be the central way for us to learn. So just to kind of like, I guess, stay true to, to that part of myself in terms of, you know, not necessarily putting forth, you know, these examples of black pain and trauma into the world. Like that kind of gives me pause about what to to talk about this, about this delivery, you know? Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent fair. So why don't we, huh? Well, I was going to say also too, like it was, it was like a really personal moment, right? Like I do like the part that I think stands out the most clearly to me is like me, like standing over you, like trying to get you to focus just on me for a moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the higher things. And yeah, I guess I just kind of want to stay true to that. Like, you know, I, I was, you know, I just wanted that to be about us at that moment. And I kind of still do, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's a hundred percent fair. I actually really like that. So, um, so yeah, so that, that I really like that. And I appreciate that. I think we can summarize it up that it was fair to say that it was, I've, and I've talked about it before that it was traumatic, um, for me, uh, experiencing a C-section with inadequate anesthesia. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. In addition to its patented protein blend, their formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 weight to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system and makes it an easy-to-digest formula. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code Dr. Nicole for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. And 
Then let's move on to the moments though afterwards. So we saw her being born, which will forever be ingrained, or saw her <laughs> when she got held up <laughs> and she Little looked like a monster. Purple monster, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was like, she is like coming for everybody. <laughs> um, so that I remember. Yeah, and then they kind of whisk her off to the other, other mm-hmm. room. And, yeah. And then the sort of decision of like, well, do I stay here or do I go over there? And yeah, but. See, I don't remember that because they had given me drugs, but like more drugs by then. So I don't remember a whole, whole lot after that. Yeah, that made the decision a lot easier when you, uh, <laughs> you know, because you were only like conscious for a few more moments. Wait, did you actually go? Because I don't remember. Yeah, because you know, no, you don't remember because you were not. <laughs> you probably don't remember anything for the Chick Fil A like an hour later. <laughs> okay, I did not know this. I, listen, y'all, can y'all believe this? We've been married for fifteen years. Our child is about to be thirteen, and I did not know that he left. <laughs> I mean, I didn't leave the room. No, 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 no. I didn't mean leave the room. Like, I I didn't know that you actually went to go see her in the other room. I did not remember that. Yeah. But I mean, and just to be clear, like, it wasn't like the the rooms were attached. Like, I could still see. Uh Yeah. 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 I very, very vividly remember. I mean, that's where I trained to be a doctor. I remember the setup. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) That's funny. All right. So then. We get to the recovery room and yes, I wanted Chick-fil-A so bad and shout out to uh, my bestie, Keisha Reddick, who y'all have heard on the podcast before for bringing me that Chick-fil-A. That was like the best chicken fingers and fries I've ever had in my life. And then I remember, I do remember you going to the NICU and taking pictures and coming back and me being like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna let you describe that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, is she okay? Like, look at her ears. Like, look at her head. Like, what?" I just thought she was like, not. I didn't get the warm fuzzy. Like, oh, here's my cute baby <laughs> feeling when I saw the pictures. I don't. What did you feel when you saw her? Because she was tiny, y'all. She weighed three pounds seven ounces. She was she long, was, and, and she she had a skull that kind of like the fragments of the skull kind of rolled up on top of each other for a yes. while. So she had like a ridge on top of her head, which was kind of strange. But and God, y- y'all, I, y'all forgive me. I love my child. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. But it kind of reminded me. I want to say of like a Vulcan from oh star trek so <laughs> sort of kind of, i don't forgive me but what you didn't think that tell me you you thought that it's just me no, it's just you so was i just extra over the top did you really look at her and was like you didn't think oh my gosh she's so little she's so why she look funny nothing that was just me no, no, that was just you. Sorry. Shout, shout out to shout out to me being a superstar A mother. <laughs> no, I mean I, I don't know, like she was she was our she was our child, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was just a continuation of my well known anxiety problem, which I've gotten better at, but it was just the anxiety. <laughs> but you, what do you mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh are you saying no it's not nobody think anxiety doesn't cause you to think your child looks like a Vulcan is that what oh no I was more talking about the anxiety getting better part but anyway. my, okay my anxiety is better it's better than it was then for sure when it comes to our children I mean well yeah I mean I guess because they're older and you know they can tell you when something's wrong that's I, true because for a long time I was especially 
we're not even gonna get into that how when I took her to the doctor and I thought she threw up and all that kind of stuff um (laughs) (laughs) all right so okay let's focus let's focus let's get back on track I'm just just, just thinking of the time that she actually like projectile vomited and I kept it quiet because I didn't feel like going to the doctor because you knew that I would like lose it if I saw yeah (laughs) oh all right so let's talk about having a child in the NICU um for me that was so hard even though we went to see her every day twice a day except for one day we didn't go see her twice a day and I still feel guilty about that um I remember crying every day just about for a while and then like kind of cutting back on that but that was definitely stressful yeah I mean of course that was stressful um I just remember at some point you know especially once things kind of cleared up and and we were you know there was less of a question you know actually I take that back like I never really had any I was never really afraid you know that something bad was going to happen which is kind of weird because like I remember the extubation you know oh god yeah 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 and maybe, I don't know, maybe I was in denial, who knows. Um, but I just, I do remember, like, as things kind of went on, you know, a, a few weeks into it, I guess, just actually feeling kind of grateful almost. Um, and I think it was it was the kid that was celebrating their first birthday in, in the NICU. I still remember that too. Yeah, for sure. That was That was definitely like a, I don't know humbling grounding kind of experience to see this child who had been in the NICU for a you know an entire year and we were just there for a month like it just I definitely I I think as we got you know closer to her going home felt grateful that she was doing well she was growing all those things yeah and I mean you know I I guess you you hate to benefit in a way off of somebody else's suffering but you know that moment was just kind of you know this this experience was obviously hard to get through and you know not fun at all but everything was had worked out you know so it's just like we had sort of gotten this insight into like how fragile this whole you know yeah. thing could possibly be and you know i guess how lucky we were so for sure yeah because after the surgery <laughs> which was funny and we some of the moments that we joke about were how the surgeon comes out he used to always say the child, the child. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm guessing he couldn't remember if he had just if it was a boy or girl so he would just call him all the child he's and also he, German so he's proficient that way. yes yes exactly and, and um, uh, yeah, should we mention that I'm half German before somebody uh sends emails that is true <laughs> yes yes y'all his, his mother is German so um so that was a funny experience and also we had I think I'm, I'm going to be honest. I remember none of the doctors who I saw at all while she was in the NICU, except the time the, that time she got extubated too early. That was right after her surgery. I do remember that doctor because he helped calm me down. But the nurses were great. Yes. They were just like, I remember them being like, oh, no, you, you're going to come wash this child. Um, <laughs> You're going to come change his diaper. Um, I I was in a state and we were both had a flexible um, work schedule. We could spend quite a bit of time there. So I feel like we got to know them very well. Yeah. And and to go back to the question earlier, you know, feeling if I felt treated differently as a father, like they did 
absolutely did not. You know, they were just as engaging and you know uh, willing to to bring me into things as as they were you. You know, so there I definitely felt treated equally. You know. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and then actually, I do remember one other doctor, the one at the very end, because she ended up, she got transferred to um, the second hospital because they needed space at the big hospital at Duke. And I do remember the doctor being like, "Y'all might want to go to the movies or something," because she's because <laughs> she, she's going coming home next week, and we were like, "What?" I mean, it can't. It was like Friday, and she was like, "Monday, it's gonna happen" or something like that. Yeah, and I remember the moment of like, uh, you you sure this is a good idea to send this child home with us because we don't <laughs> really know what we're doing. So, <laughs> like, she's a doctor. Y'all think she knows what she's doing, but this is different for her, which was yeah. totally true. Yeah, no, you you know how to get the babies out, but <laughs> after that, you're <laughs> clueless, clueless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we managed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. figured it out. We did. I think. We did. We did. We did. We did. I would say the hardest part. And then as we kind of wrap up was that in the beginning, like that, that just sort of adjustment when she came home, we had to feed her all the dang time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a lot. Like I remember the, I've got a picture of like all the little jars of breast milk, you know, in the refrigerator. Like every three hours we had to feed her, I want to say. And those stupid, uh, the bottles with the valves in them yep. that had to be cleaned out and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and now look at her. She's 12. Yeah. Taller and than you. And, much yeah. taller than me. Five, five inches at least at this point and counting. So, so I think we did good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think another part too that I've just kind of like let go of is like all the, the work, you know, not just like work, but the the rote kind of like, you know, like washing bottles and, you know, the sort of routine where you like, you're in the middle of it. It's just so like tiresome and boring. But yeah, that part I just kind of forgot about the yeah, go. Yeah. 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 So, um, the second time around felt easy So for our second pregnancy to me and the delivery, the C-section that in general felt like, easy peasy for me how did it feel for you yeah you know uh, same like I, I don't it's horrible to say but I don't really remember much about it <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like I kind of remember going back to the room with you and you know a couple minutes later like here's our second child you yeah know? I don't even I think I was like you don't have to come to the appointments it's fine I like I'll just I'm just popping over for an appointment like it was just way more laid back the second time I, I believe I went to all the appointments, so right? Like, oh, did you? I don't. Is it bad that I can't remember? I feel like I was work. I don't know. I feel like maybe you did. Maybe you did. I don't feel like it felt like a big deal. I know I wanted you there for the first time for all of them, but the second time I felt a little bit more like laid back about it. Yeah. No. I mean, we we were definitely more relaxed. Yeah. 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 And the C section was a much better experience. Yeah. But again, you know, same sort of thing where I was just from the moment we, we hit the door of the hospital, it was just like, what well, we got to do to get out of here? You know, okay. I, I remember. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> I, most of the time people go home on the third day after a C-section. Now I was motivated to go home early, y'all, because I'm not a hospital person anyway, even though I work in hospitals, I don't like being a patient at all, period. So day two, I had to keep my catheter in 
for a little bit because <laughs> I had like some scar tissue or something or whatever. And my, my physician was being extra cautious, like just keep it in, give your bladder some rest. So on day two, my catheter comes out and <laughs> Falcon is like, all right, let's go. We going home. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think a couple other things have to happen before I can go. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, you were like, let me go get the car. <laughs> oh, I mean, because I don't want people to think that I was like, yeah, you know. No, you, I mean, you were kind of. So I, I do, like, let's be clear, like, you you wanted to leave too. I totally um, wanted to leave, completely wanted to leave. And if I remember correctly, it was more that, like, the nurse left out the part about, you know, she was like, well, we'll just pull this catheter out and then y'all can go. But she left out the part about you having to like use the bathroom two times or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. To actually yeah. prove that I could use the bathroom before I left. Yeah, so I was a little bit irritated, you know, to find out that we, we still had a few hours to go. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 but you did, you, you, yeah, but like you said, I, I, I'm being a little bit dramatic, guys. I wanted to go too. So it's not like I was ready to go. I hate being in hospitals. And he did, to his credit, I had staples and I was not going back in order to get my staples taken out. So I took a staple removal kit home from the hospital and all the stuff for it. And he took my staples out at home. I feel like we were in trouble for telling that part. Like, weren't you supposed to go back to the doctor for that? <laughs> Well, it's out there now, <laughs> and you did a very and you did a very good job of taking my staples out. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. So last thing, what would be like if you could give one piece of advice to expectant dads? What would that advice be? Oof. Relax. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Um, Oh, so I, I guess I'm I'm not a huge fan of this whole like mom dad thing, right? And this whole like division, you know. So, you know, what's the advice to dads? Like, you get in there and be a parent, you know. Like, figure out what needs to be done and do it. Don't get tied up on the roles of what you know you what you feel other people think you should be doing. You know, whatever expectations you you think other people have, you know what parts you should be involved in and not be involved in, you know, like this is, yeah. So just get in there and, and I don't like this answer. <laughs> I don't like this part of the answer. Cause like, I don't want to say like get in there and help because I don't want to sound like preachy about it, but resist this urge to feel that, you know, dads do certain things and moms do certain things, you know? Um, I mean, I think what you said is already, already great like don't feel tied to kind of like society expectations or anybody's expectations of what a dad should be yeah so i mean i guess that advice goes for 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 all parents you know not just dads but but moms too you know it's you know don't don't have the you don't feel beholden to these sort of larger expectations about what your role should be in in either the, the pregnancy or the, the birthing process or, or, or ra raising the child afterwards, you know. And that is something that you 100% live by because full confession, everybody, between the two of us, my husband is like <laughs> the better, more organized parent in terms of getting things done for our children. He 
takes them to school. He does my girl's hair. He does um, the the best Afro puffs I've ever seen. Um, you know, he takes care of school forms, appointments, things like that. So he like the whole get in there and just do what needs to be done is certainly words that he lives by. And I, of course, am forever grateful for that. Well, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. Look, are you? maybe like 90% of the time but sometimes you'd be like can you get in here and do like a little bit of something please (laughs) we'll we'll save that for the next podcast okay 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 all right all right well husband thank you for coming on to my podcast and for being such a wonderful support person for me for nearly 15 years. You're, you're welcome. Uh, I'm going to resist the urge. I'm going to snappy comeback. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the comeback of, well, yeah, I came on because you harassed me until I said yes. <laughs> oh. No, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this. Thank you for letting me do it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I know that I am biased a bit, but wasn't that a great episode? I feel like I did talk a lot. (laughs) Maybe I was trying to do that to help him feel more comfortable, but I do hope you enjoyed hearing our conversation. Now, you know, after every episode when I have a guest on, I do something called Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top two or three takeaways from the episode. And these are my Nicole's Notes from my episode with my husband. Number one, I love how he said that he doesn't hold on to the more anxious parts, that he holds on to the parts that were more joyful. I think we can all take a lesson from that. It can be easy sometimes to hang on to or um, kind of get stuck on some of the negative pieces of, of an experience because those emotions can be pretty strong. But you should also be intentional about hanging on to or focusing on the positive parts, the joyful parts. So even if things don't go exactly as you expect, be intentional about focusing on the positive parts. That will serve you well in the long run. The second thing I want to say is that after we finished recording, right after he was done, he said, wait a minute, I have one more piece of advice. Moms don't know what they're doing either. And he didn't mean that in the sense that, you know, moms literally don't know what they're doing. What he meant was that first time moms are figuring it out as well. Moms and dads are both figuring out how to be parents. Just because you're a mom doesn't mean everything is going to suddenly pop into your head or that everything is going to be natural, that everything is just going to happen just because you gave birth to this child, that you're going to automatically know everything. That is not how it works. He is very correct that you're both kind of figuring things out together and you do figure it out, but don't expect that you're just going to know everything right off the bat. It doesn't happen that way. That's okay. That's normal, but you will figure it out. And then the third thing I want to say, and this is me getting a little sappy, but this was definitely a confirmation for me about why I married him in the first place and why I love him so. He truly helps me to be the best version of myself. And I'm grateful to have him as my husband and best friend. 
All right. So that is it for this episode of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in Apple podcast or wherever you listen, Spotify, Google play. And I would love it if you leave a review in an Apple podcast, it helps other women to find the show. It really helps the show to grow, which the show has been growing leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds in the last few weeks. I so appreciate that. And I also um, do shout outs from those reviews. So do leave that review in Apple podcast if you don't mind. And if you feel so inclined and like the show. Also, you and your partner should head on over to my website, check out my free online class on how to make a birth plan that works. In this one hour on-demand class, you will learn questions to ask your provider, how to get your medical team to pay attention to your birth wishes, some things you need to know that are very influential in your birth experience, and much, much more. You can sign up for the class at ncrcoaching.com forward slash register. Again, totally free on demand about an hour of your time and well, well worth it. Now, next week on the podcast, I will have an interview episode. I'm not quite sure which one I'm going to choose yet. So you'll have to come back next week and find out. So do come on back next week. And until then, I wish you a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. Head to my website, ncrcoaching.com, to get even more great info, including free downloadable resources on how to manage pain and labor and warning signs to look out for after birth. You'll also find information on my free online class on how to make a birth plan, as well as everything you need to know about the birth preparation course. Again, that's ncrcoaching.com, and I will see you next week. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.